When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome into another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I'm your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, and welcome to an interview with Dexter Fowler, presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. This is an interview that I have wanted to do ever really since he was uh, signed by the Cardinals, and we're going back to December of 2016. And finally got the opportunity um, this week in Jupiter, Florida, where I am broadcasting throughout the course of Cardinal Spring Training. So um, want to give some background on the interview, want to give some background on my reasoning for really wanting to talk to him and uh, and then set kind of the uh, the stage on everything and also drive this home that uh, without our sponsors, we have no podcast. So whether it be Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, whether it be Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, uh, Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com, Johnny Landoff Chevrolet, Mike Judy Presents, PGA National Resort. These are the companies that make the podcast possible. We have seen 22% is the math, Uh, year-over-year growth rate on downloads, and we're very grateful. But the name of the game is supporting the sponsors. As I always say, the name of the game is supporting the sponsors. So when you hear these companies advertising on the podcast, please, when you have an opportunity to do business with them, make sure that you do. Ryan Kelly and his staff, thehomeloanexpert.com. A name now at this point that many of you already know, but I want to make sure that I convey to you that if you're going to be buying a home or refinancing home, there's nowhere else you would even consider. It's Ryan Kelly in the HomeLoanExpert.com team online at the HomeLoanExpert.com. It's very simple. You go on there, and if you're going to buy a home, there's the tab. If you're going to refinance, there's the tab. And you're, you're in a matter of seconds able to communicate with uh, the best staff. Uh, when it comes to buying or refinancing a home. He's online at thehomeloanexpert.com. His name is Ryan Kelly, and he is the sponsor of our studios here on the program. So let me give some context on my reasoning for really wanting to talk to Dexter Fowler, and let me set the stage for what took place leading into the interview with Dexter Fowler and then what took place on the way out of the interview with Dexter Fowler. And I shall be as uh, as blunt as uh, as possible, and I'd like to think as usually is the case when discussing interviews and or uh, answering questions on questions from the audience on the Tim McCurdy Show. So with regard to Dexter Fowler, my impression of Fowler when the Cardinals signed him in December of 2016, he's just a couple of months removed from winning the World Series with the Cubs, was um, that the Cardinals really wanted some energy, um, and the Cardinals really needed A, a leadoff hitter, B, a center fielder, and he checked those boxes. Um, I'm confident in saying two things that 
people might not want to hear or the Cardinals might not want to hear. Maybe Dexter might not want to hear, whatever the case might be. Um, but I th- these are the, the, these are what I believe to be uh, circumstances. Um, and that is, number one, the Cardinals really were interested in Adam Eaton. Now, th- do I have John Mazalock or Bill DeWitt on the record on that? I do not. Um, but I am comfortable in saying that that's what their direction was. Similar to the Cardinals really wanting Christian Yelich, um, and then Marcelo Zuna was made available a year later, before Yelich was uh, made available by the Marlins. So um, then the Nationals paid a price in prospects, alliteration, that uh, the Cardinals were stunned to see. And uh, first off, that got the deal done with the White Sox, and then the Cardinals were like, wow, we thought we had our guy, and now he's gone. And also, it just showed what the market was going to be for that kind of player, and we're not comfortable paying that kind of a price in order to get that player. So we're going to pivot to the free agent market and Dexter Fowler coming off of a world championship with the Cubs uh, and hitting a leadoff home run in Game 7 of the World Series, first time and only time that has happened. Uh, was the guy. It wasn't, there was not their first choice. I am also of the opinion, and this is not from Dexter Fowler, um, that Dexter Fowler wasn't necessarily looking to come to St. Louis, per se. My understanding, and I could be wrong on this now that it's been two years and two months, but if I'm not mistaken, the Giants and the Blue Jays were two of the teams and two of the cities that appealed to him. And so in order to get the deal done, the Cardinals added a year and added, added some dollars. Uh, and that is how Dexter Fowler became a St. Louis Cardinal. Now, this is, again, this is, this is piecing together things in order to, um, to explain the context. And so that is how the marriage began. Now, assessing the deal as a talk show host, um, I looked at it and said, I like the idea of Dexter Fowler here for a couple of years, for three years. I worry that, similar to how this discussion now with free agency is going on, that the Cardinals may not like having him on the books in year four, year five, based on the way things have been going recently with trajectories for players at certain ages. As we've discussed quite a bit recently, how a decline begins, which is somewhat amazing looking at it now, especially comparing it to 15 years ago at age 28. And Dexter was already past age 28, and so to lock him in for five years, when I thought it was an over emotional overreaction to not getting eaten was something that concerned me. But Dexter himself did not, and if anything, he was the free agent or one of the free agents in the offseason of 2016-2017. Just didn't like having to, to pay what they paid and pay for five years. So there is my perspective on how it all came to pass. But I liked the idea from a short-term standpoint, of bringing in somebody with some energy, some personality, and filling the need of leadoff and center field um, with Fowler. And then what happens? Do you recall? Well, it's spring training, and Dexter Fowler is doing an interview, and, um, and really kind of neither you know, here nor there as far as uh, whether or not it was uh, something that he truly could could speak on, because if anybody could speak on it, it would be Dexter Fowler. 
um, when he was talking about President Trump's proposed travel ban impacting his wife's Iranian family. And Fowler, uh, who is married to an Iranian immigrant, uh, said that um, the proposed travel ban of seven Muslim-majority countries was unfortunate. Um, And he said, the question was asked out of empathy toward my family. I appreciate that. If anybody is asking about my family, then I'm going to let them know. Obviously, it affected my family. My wife's Iranian. Um, And uh, and then then as... As unfortunately as he described it is the case um, with a portion of the Cardinal fan base, it was perceived to be an anti-Donald Trump statement, and that then led to uh, a portion of the Cardinal fan base that is pro-Donald Trump seeing a new Cardinal who uh, was a member of the Cubs saying something that they took to be anti-Donald Trump, who they are fans of, and then they went after him. And to revisit the history, uh, Fowler's comments on the travel ban elicited an array of responses, and many of the nastiest comments uh, were posted on the St. Louis Cardinals True Fans Facebook page. Fowler then went to Twitter and said, quote, Welp, since I have a nice little chunk of people who hate me because I have an opinion, I'm going to do a nice giveaway for the good people. Um, and so uh, he was doing giveaways for for that he said i'm always going to care for my family if a question is asked out of concern i'm going to answer the question i'm going to answer it truthfully it's not hurting anybody it's my perspective it's unfortunate that people think of things like that way i believe they're sensitive i'm not the sensitive one and so the reason i bring this up and at this point it's it's almost to the day actually i think it was to the day uh two years to the time that i interviewed him is because it started off his relationship with the cardinal fan base a portion of the Cardinal fan base on the wrong foot. And it's important, in my opinion, when we're having this discussion regarding Dexter Fowler, and then you hear Dexter Fowler in this interview in a setting, in a conversation that, God, I don't know, is 5% non-baseball. Uh, and I, in a way that I think you haven't really heard him talk uh, but in a way that's not fair because it's not like I'm like scouring, you know, radio interviews and podcast interviews for Dexter Fowler interviews. I'm not really doing that for anybody. Uh, so I guess I can't compare. Stress. I just I wanted I wanted to I really wanted to talk to him because I feel like what happened in February of 2017 was exactly what he may have been worried about with coming to the Cardinals, which is why I wondered about why he needed to get the extra year from the Cardinals in order in order to come to St. Louis. Um, th- again, this is all theory. And so if somebody, a, a, a fellow major leaguer, um, says, I don't know, man, if you want to go there or not, and then, you know, he says something, and then a portion of the fan base, and then what percentage of the fan base we're talking about, a minority, but a portion of the fan base, a vocal portion of the fan base comes after him, and all he's doing is talking about his family, and now he's in that portion of the fan base, persona non grata. Some go, oh, he still loves being a Cub, um, kind of like Tino Martinez when he came over from the Yankees, and it's a lot different coming from the Cubs, coming from the Yankees, and a portion of the fan base's eyes. And so it just started the thing off on an absolutely terrible, terrible uh, foot. 
and and it never really recovered. And so I think, and I could be wrong, that for some people who were not a fan of him because of those comments, then, as is the case now just across the board, uh, you don't want to ever acknowledge that you were wrong. And so even when he put up good numbers in 2017, it's kind of forgotten in some way, and I don't really know how or why. Uh, it's not like he was, you know, um, the second coming in 2017, but he was he was pretty good. Uh, if we go back to 2017 and what he did with the Cardinals, now if you're just isoing in on a batting average, it's not like that was glamorous, uh, but he had an 851 OPS. So, uh, you know, I mean, it was a it was a good year, and the Cardinals got their money's worth without question in 2017. 2018, of course, a much different story. So, um, I wanted to get him on because I wanted to lay out that premise, and also see what his feelings were on not only the past but what his mindset is on the 2019 season and beyond with the Cardinals. So I wanted to add some context on on the day of the interview um, because I think it's important. I, and I think you'll also, you'll also notice that a, that a friend drops by the interview, so to speak. Uh, and, and that is, um, I was Jim Edmonds is down here uh, coaching with the Cardinals. I think he's going to do it for a few weeks now and working with the outfielders, as you can imagine. And... Edmonds and I, and, and I, know, I just know how I just, I just, I understand it. I think it's wrong, but I also am aware of it. So I'm, I'm going to say it because it's the truth, but I also know that inevitably for some people they go, oh, you know, piss off. You're playing golf with Jim Edmonds. I just, it's a weird deal, and I know that that's there. So I feel like I have to acknowledge it, even though it's, it's, it's relevant to the story, but I also know that the, the like, the quote-unquote unrelatable thing then then pops up, but I think it, it, it well it, it's absolutely re- relevant to the story. So Edmonds and I are supposed to play golf at two thirty, and as is the way it has been, I haven't done it in a long time, fourteen years I guess. If you want to go back to two thousand five, uh, some when ball players get done with workouts, they just kind of sometimes they either hang around the clubhouse and eat and just kind of BS with each other, or they get out of there right away. Doing interviews is not at the top of their priority list. In the case of me and Dexter, Dexter had told me a couple days beforehand that we were going to do it on a Tuesday, which was the next day. Then I saw him, and he's like, oh, I can't do it today. We'll do it tomorrow for sure. I'm like, all right. So that was Wednesday, the day we did the interview. So it's now 1 o'clock, 1.15. Edmonds and I are supposed to play nearby at 2.30, and I see Jim... And we know each other. We did a show together and have a rapport. Um, and he goes, you good to go? And I go, I uh, haven't done the interview yet. And he goes, well, I'm going to go talk to him. I go, no, 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 no. Do not do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. Do not do that. I said, you can go ahead and go, and I will just get an Uber over there, and everything will be cool. And he said, all right, I'll just leave him be. And then so five minutes later, I go out to the famed picnic table where the interview is set up. And sure enough, Jim walks out with Dexter. I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm thinking to myself, now Dexter is going to be resentful because I had Edmonds bring him out here. But instead, contrary to what I thought, Edmonds vouched for me uh, in the process of talking with Dexter about how I'm 
cardinal. Like I, I, for Jim, it's not a compliment, but for me, it's a compliment. How I have a weird memory, and I, I've been around the, the the team for a long time. You know, certainly when Jim was playing, I was around all the time. Now I'm just around at spring training for the most part, and then it'll be a good interview. And so, by rushing Dexter to make sure he did the interview because we had a tea time in an hour and ten minutes. That actually served a purpose in the interview because as opposed to just some random guy who Dexter didn't really know bothering him to do an interview, Jim framed me as credible, which is important because Dexter hasn't really been doing a whole lot of interviews ever since the mess that was 2018. And also, going back to February of 2017 with the... Uh, Muslim nation ban, the seven nations, um, he's, in my opinion, stepped back. And so I wanted to discuss that with him. So anyway, why include all of this? Well, because it helps frame what took place. Now, some of you just blow past this and go right into the interview. I do that too. I do that with Holly Randall's podcast. You'll have to look up and see what Holly Randall's podcast is. But that's why I, I do that myself. I know exactly where she's going to start each week, and I don't want to hear it. It's like Mark Marin. He just kind of goes on and on and on like I'm doing. And... And, and most of the time, it has nothing to do with his guest. And I don't really care for it. I know some people don't really care for it. But with this, whereas I've told myself I'm going to get interviews right away, on this one, I wanted to include this context because here's the final reason. Dexter and I are really having a good back and forth and just kind of BSing, which is great. It's similar to me for me with the interview that I did with Mike Matheny in January of 2018 where I knew there was an interview to be had. And when I say that phrase, um, I mean, I know that there's a lot he wants to say, but he hasn't said it. And then it's my job to see if I can create a a comfortable setting for which he will talk about some of it. Uh, Even though I know for, for ballplayers, for athletes, very rarely is there upside to saying some things because then it can cause... Uh, controversy. See the Adam Wainwright thing, which I didn't even think he said anything that was all that controversial, but then it turned into a whole thing. And uh, so that's just another example of it. And there wasn't anything really controversial that I wanted to get in with, with Dexter. I just wanted to hear him speak because I see him when he's around and he's in good spirits. He's smiling. He's got a signature smile, but I just feel like it hasn't been around a lot and it goes back before 2018. And so I was looking forward to talking over with him. And then so But with the Matheny interview, I felt like it was 60-40 we were going to have a good interview. With this one, because I really don't know Dexter, and obviously he doesn't know me, I felt like it's like 25%. And he always kind of jokes with people uh, that, uh, you know, I've got five minutes, you know, but he's smiling, kind of like, you know, this is not what people want to do. I get it. So he asked me how long I wanted. I said around 20 minutes, if at all possible. And here's the deal. I think we could have gone much longer. Now, much is a relative term. We wound up going, I think the exact number I'm going to estimate is 16 minutes. And I think we could have probably wound up going 25 minutes or so. But Edmonds, God bless him, uh, kind of does the uh, hurry up move by bringing us waters about 10 minutes into it, letting us know that he's lurking. And then he gets into his car and just pulls up right next to the picnic table and just is waiting. And so at that point, he's sending a message that, hey, let's get going. Now, 
Here's the final thing that has nothing to do with that context. And I'm telling you, I have been lucky enough to be in a, 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 a bizarro world business, a great business. If you, if, you, if you get as fortunate as I've been, it's great. Uh, certainly there's still some things you deal with, but relatively speaking, I mean, what else could I ask for than doing what I grew up wanting to do once I realized I wasn't going to be a baseball player um, and working with guys who make me laugh, working with some great people and being down in Florida for Cardinal Spring Training. I, I mean, I really cannot complain. As I always say, if it ends today, it's been 20 years and I, I ran ridiculously good and how can I complain? Um, but in all of that time, only one other time in my career, and I don't even know if I would count it as career at this point because I was still a college student, had I experienced what I thought I did with Fowler. And this was in uh, 1998. I was interviewing Missouri Assistant Athletic Director Gene McCarter um, for KOMU, the University of Missouri Journalism School, uh, and um, did interview. You're doing everything by yourself. It was a television interview. And I got done with it, and when I looked in the viewfinder, I didn't see the red light. And I'm like, oh, my God, we just did this thing, and I didn't record it. It's the worst. It's the worst. It, it's still 21 years later. makes gives me like a cringe when I say the story. And, hell, when you're 21 years old, those things are going to, especially you're just starting out. 42, that's not supposed to happen. Now, with McCarter, he was kind enough. He's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it again. Whatever. He's kind enough. We do it again, and I don't know what happened the second time, but the second time it didn't record. And so when I come back for the third one, he still did it, but the answers were a little more brief. So Fowler and I are having a good conversation, a conversation that you are about to hear. Um, and he's comfortable, and he's smiling, and he's laughing, and Edmonds drops by, and we're just BSing about all kinds of things. You'll, you'll hear it. It's, it's, it's seconds away. I'll stop my diatribe at some point. Um, you always have the skip button at your disposal, though. But I'm trying to provide some context. And so about 15 minutes in, I don't know why it hit me, but it hit me that I can't recall pressing the red record button. Now, when I'm doing these interviews in St. Louis in studio, we're in studio. Gangster Pete or Iggy clicks record, and it's wonderful. Now, we've had one misstep, which was quite unfortunate. It's always unfortunate. It's never not unfortunate. I guess there's degrees of unfortunateness. I'm certain that's not a word. But it was with Rizzuto of 105.7 The Point, most popular morning show in St. Louis. And he comes in, and we have great rapport. We've gotten to know each other, and uh, and for whatever reason, well, I know, he got up and he left the studio to start working on some other stuff, so the thing's recording, Scott, Scott Rizzuto's mic is is recording, my mic is off, we get done with the interview, and Iggy goes, oh my God, your mic wasn't on, Rizzuto's left, and you can't recreate the original interview, so I could ask him to come back, I mean, I don't know which one's worse, you either run it, it sounds like I'm doing my interview from the Bat Cave, and Rizzuto sounds normal, and, it, and, and the audience doesn't know, and they're just like, you guys are terrible. And I mean, i got to wear it. It's my name on the thing. Um, but with this one, I mean, I've been going up to the ballpark day after day after day, specifically for Dexter Fowler. Now, I'm hopeful to get Matt Carpenter. I'm hopeful to get Yadier Molina. I think I'm going to get them both over the next month and change that we're down here. 
Um, but as far as an interview that I wanted, rank them all. And I'm down here, and I'm hoping to get some golfers too. I'd include Jack Nicklaus in there, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas. I, I Probably all less than 5% of happening, but whatever. I'm going to try. But the, if you said you could get one interview while you're in Jupiter, Florida, which interview would it be? And I'd be like, Dexter Fowler, Instacall, Instacall. Because of, not because I'm like, so it was a tough year last year. How do you feel about this year's club? That's not what I wanted to do. And you'll hear that. Um, and, and some of you might be irritated that that's not what we get into. I don't know. I'm just telling you this is the way that I like to do an interview and then see if the person gets comfortable. And then we just start BSing about stuff. And so I'm sitting here and I know that you're going to hear the interview. Um, and I can't even necessarily recall everything that we talked about. I just know that he was smiling and comfortable. We were BSing about a bunch of things. And then I know Edmonds walked by with the waters. And then Dexter's like, oh, man, it's almost time for the tea time. Like laughing like you're, you're, you're on short time. And he's laughing because he's happy that he doesn't have to sit there and do an interview forever. Even though I know that by the way we were going, he would have been cool with talking more. And then Edmonds pulls up the car. And then it's like, all right, now I'm really on the clock. But the thing that, set, the thing that got in my head... Dexter Fowler could have announced his retirement and in, in this interview. And when, after I looked down, and there's a glare from the sun, after I looked down and saw what I thought I saw, which was the thing was not recording, I mean, I, I'm sure my heart stopped, like for real. If there was a heart monitor, I'm sure my heart stopped. Because you can be like, well, Tim, you can just ask him to do it again. And yes, and he probably would have. But then at that point, it's, you know, and honestly, I, I, I don't think I would have. So I then hit record as if like that was a terrible move. I mean, it was a panic play. 42 years old, 20 years in the business, total amateur panic, horrible thing. And uh, and I think you hear it. Well, actually, I know you don't hear it because this is where I hit record. Uh, and uh, and I say, what about Mike Schilt? Uh, that wasn't the question, but it was along the lines of Mike Schilt, and he starts raving about Mike Schilt, um, and uh, and then he come and I said, who does he remind you of? And he says Joe Madden, but Joe's a hippie, and he's laughing. He goes, Mike's just a great communicator, over and over. I mean, just couldn't be more effusive in his praise of Mike Schilt, and uh, and it's not like shots at Mike Matheny, passive aggressively. Uh, it's just you know, it, it's he's praising Mike Schilt. I mean, loves Mike Schilt. I got to tell you, I've been down here now for a month, and and I have yet. I'm dead serious. Not even like a slight. I I have not heard a person, player, former player, management, broadcaster, reporter, anybody say a negative thing about Mike Schilt. It is it is insane in this business for that to be the case. I'm talking about a hundred percent approval ranking. Now, if he goes uh, fifty and one twelve, I'm sure people will be like, "It's like Kim Anderson. It's like nicest guy in the world. Things didn't work out in Columbia. He's got to go." So that stuff only goes so far. But I can tell you, the players absolutely love him, and Fowler absolutely loves him. But for the purpose of what I'm talking about, at that point, I'm like, "Oh my God!" Not only do I have Edmund sitting here waiting for me, I I I blew it. I blew it. The one interview that I really wanted to do, and I didn't record it. And then, so we wrap up kind of like just, you know, all these, because I'm in my head, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I mean, it's like if you ever play poker and you go on tilt or if you hit a bad golf shot and then it just compounds itself and now you're shooting, you know, triple bogeys and quad bogeys because you're a mess, that's me at that moment. And so I thank Dexter. We BS a little bit. I get in the car with Edmonds and we 
head out, and I didn't want to say anything to him. He goes, how'd it go? He goes, it looked like he was really enjoying himself. And I'm like, yeah, he really was. And then Benjamin Hockman of the Post-Dispatch sends me a picture, and he had taken a picture of us doing the interview and how Fowler was laughing and smiling. And all that did was add salt to the wounds, and I didn't want to say anything to Edmonds. And it was bothering me so much, so much. I mean, for real. I'm I'm sure there have been other – but the other things that have bothered me in my career – have usually been like business stuff, off-the-air stuff. This one is straight, 100% broadcasting, absolutely 100% my fault. There isn't, I guess I can try and blame Iggy, but the man wasn't in town. Uh, he had nothing to do with it. It's 100% of me. And so Edmonds and I are on the driving range, and I say, i got to tell you something, man. I'm just not, I'm not present right now because I don't think I recorded the following of you. He goes, oh, no. He goes, it's a nightmare. And I said... I can't, I can't tell you how upset I am right now. Now, the way that we record these things is into um, a machine, and it's on a SIM card, and since we're at a golf course, I can't check it. It's not like it's on my phone where I can go back to check it. And, um, and so it's just absolutely in my head, and it's a beautiful day. We're playing a phenomenal course. I'm out there with Edmonds. Haven't, I don't even know if I've ever played. I've never played like a, I've played a scramble with him. You know, I, I'm, I'm aware of the situation. Like, I, I should be, no matter what, incredibly happy and in a good place and I think most people most people who are infinitely better than I am would have been able to overcome it but I am weak and it was in my head and in my mind I'm going to go out and shoot 200 and I don't even care because I'm so upset about the Fowler interview and it's like I'm not going to go back and ask him to do it again and so I have I think it was the third hole yeah uh and it's like a hole where I just hit like and because you know, I played decently in the first couple, but some good tee shots, and uh, and then I'm just a mess. And I guess Jim figured I was a mess because the Fowler thing, which was very kind of him, um, and, and I didn't even think about that until after the fact, but it, truthfully it had nothing to do with it. I'm just flat out capable of being a mess. And uh, and he goes, hey, man, you know, he goes, I'll talk to Dexter tomorrow, and he'll do it again. And I'm like... And it didn't even cross my mind that he was thinking I was, you know, taking, I think I went into the water, or I went OB hazard one time in the water, and the next time it was over, whatever, you, you, that's that's that. And uh, and I go, I appreciate it. I said, it's, I don't want you to do that, and it's either way, you can't recreate the interview, and I'm just, I'm just mad at myself because I screwed up so badly. So we get done playing, um, and uh, and I come back to my, my home, and I have the machine, and I open up my laptop, and I pull out the SIM card from the machine, put it into my laptop, and I'm saying to my, I'm saying to my wife, who, God bless her, is heartbroken for me because she knows, as Gangster Pete, who is listening right now, uh, knows that uh, this was the one interview that I really wanted to do down here. It's not to say that I don't want to do the other ones. But, like, I love interviewing Adam Wainwright, and that's not an after-the-fact thing because the interview wound up being so good. He's great. I was actually asked at dinner last night, who's my, all my years of covering the team, who's my favorite people to interview, and Edmonds happened to be at dinner, and I said, when Jim wants to talk baseball, which isn't often, but when he does, incredible interview, and Adam Wainwright, and I'm not saying that because the attention got to it, because they're great talking. Um, but a lot of times, some guys, just that's just not their person. Like Paul Goldschmidt, incredibly nice person. That He's probably in the same category of Mike Schilt. As nice as it gets, I mean, for real, like to have that kind of superstardom ability. But 
but he's just not he's just not a guy who's going to do it. It's just not that he doesn't do them. He's just going to say he is Crash Davis and Bull Durham. He is not going to give you anything more than that. So my wife knows that this is like the interview that I have been wanting to do and, you know, potentially build off this interview and get another one at some point during spring training. And now I've lost it. So she's sitting in in the, the, the room where I'm, um, you know, pulling out the SIM card from the machine, putting it in my laptop, the moment of truth, which for real, having a weird memory like I have, uh, I do not recall at all pressing record on the interview until I'm like, oh my God, I didn't press record on the interview and now I'm recording the final, what wound up being minute of the interview. And so it's not even like a sweat. I'm not even thinking like there's a 5% chance the interview's there. And I put the SIM card in, I click on the file where it would be, and then sure enough, sure enough, the interview is there. And I absolute exultation. I'm so happy. I cannot tell you how happy I am. Now, the risk in telling the story is I've now built the interview up with like a 25-minute preamble that now turns this thing into, you know, Frost Nixon. But uh, it's not. It's not, it's, not, it's not remotely close to that. But what I liked about it, it's a double-edged sword. I really liked how comfortable he was and how happy he was, and then also some of the stuff that the audience doesn't get a chance to see and hear is how we kind of BS'd afterwards. And he just was smiling and he was happy and he enjoyed talking. And, you know, you also got a peek at his personality. The The, the negative side is, and it's, it's you know, I mean, I can, I can you know, I can nix golf. It's not like I'm down here trying to qualify for tour events. Uh, and I and I fired a 99, by the way, in the round, so I was able to stay under 100 despite uh, a playing an incredibly difficult course and B um, being a mess mentally. But um, that that I just didn't have more time to go into more, and that's 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 the circumstance. But at the same time, Dexter's not a guy who's like, yeah, let's do 45 minutes. I don't think that would have happened. But what I at least tell myself is. Now that we have some kind of rapport, and now that Edmonds has vouched for me, and now that I managed to record it, and I don't have to go back to him and say, hey, I didn't record the first one, uh, that hopefully we could do another one and maybe get into a little bit more toward the end of spring training, because his spring training matters. Paul Goldschmidt's spring training doesn't matter, assuming he doesn't get hurt. It just doesn't matter. Paul Goldschmidt's the first baseman of the Cardinals in 2019, and he's either hitting second or third, and it's kind of, that's that's that. Do with it what you want. Um you know, Yadier Molina, he could he could not get a hit all of March. He is going to be the opening day catcher, assuming he doesn't get hurt. Uh, same with a bunch of guys in the rotation. Uh, but Dexter Fowler's situation matters, and so some some foundation was built there. I hope that all of this context is well at the, at the always. It's got to be at the forefront, uh, entertaining in some capacity. Pathetic, perhaps, but entertaining, and then be uh, informative. Gangster Pete, usually I don't uh, come to you during interview preambles and tags and so on and so forth, uh, but I wanted to, uh, to to get your honest opinion. Was this way too much? I mean, way too much. I know you're a Joe Rogan fan, and I feel like this was Rogan-esque, except he usually has at least one or two other people talking to him. This was me with a 
25-minute <laughs> monologue, and now, before going to the interview, asking to review the monologue. <laughs> I mean, it's probably a record for your longest introduction. It's got to be. But, I mean, it, I mean, it's entertaining to me. Yeah, entertaining. I noticed you said to me, and they kind of emphasized to me. To well, me. I mean, if anybody doesn't want to listen to the intro, they can fast-forward to Dex. Exactly. That's what I do with, like, Mark Maron stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, And Holly Randall. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Holly Randall, for those of you that'll just now start listening. It's I Googled her minutes. when you mentioned her. There's not it's a I great ex- interview. Not what I it's, expected. They're, they're, they're legitimately wonderful interviews. I realize the industry's not for everybody, but for me, love it. I almost want to DM her and say, hey, nice work with Jaden Cole. It was wonderful. But, uh, but, yes, I know that some people just... And I've had people say, Tim, just get to the interviews. And I get it. But with this, because of all of the circumstances, now... I am going to increase time spent listening, as we say in the radio business, by saying on the back end of it, uh, something that I think Cardinal fans will really be happy to hear. And I got to be honest with you, I, it's not that I was surprised by it, but I just didn't, wasn't even thinking about it. And it's something that Edmonds said about Fowler uh, after we were done um, that I think Cardinal fans will be uh, really happy to hear. And we'll we'll tag it, of course, coming out of it. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies presents our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, after a four-hour intro, it is time for Dexter Fowler here on the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Dexter, I appreciate you doing this. No worries, no worries. It's windy out here, man. I know. Well, that's going to impact nice this little, golf game. Nice little breeze. Yeah, usually I'm sitting here and you'd be like, man, this is a little too hot. Let's move over to the shade today. This is now nice. It's perfect, yeah. See, that's great. So that you'll See, give me, you'll give me talking, like. Look, now that we're talking, the sun's coming out. It's getting hot. <laughs> yeah, that means the clock is ticking there on this is, thing. Right? The clock is ticking on this. Thing. Well, I've always wanted to talk with you on the program, so thank you for doing this. I was, uh, you were in there and you were talking about your chef and, and eating. So I'm curious, like, because I try to eat healthy, but do you monitor what you eat like super closely? Like I'm like macros. Okay, I weigh a buck sixty-five. I mean that's that's powerful stuff too. Buck sixty-five. So I'm like 165 grams of protein. Monitor the carbs. Like 80 grams of fat. Are you like that? Or are you like ah, I just kind of do my thing and I work out. So yeah, I'm all right. I have a nutritionist. I have a nutritionist, and uh, my nutritionist works with my trainer. My trainer and my nutritionist. I mean nutritionist and my chef work together. So. Everybody in my team works together, yeah. and um, you know, and so we can try to put out the best product on the field. Yeah. Do you have a uh, particular? Do you have like a cheat day, cheat meal? What's the play on I'm, that? I'm I, curious where I you're going. I try to that. do the eighty twenty. I try to do the eighty twenty. So eighty good, and then twenty bad. Which you know, because I have to get my fixes like the hamburgers, <laughs> the, the whatever. But uh, you in an out guy? That, uh, not really. Not bad really. fries. Bad yeah. fries. Yeah, Aren't I'm, those fries just you know the what? worst? I'm a, I'm a smash burger. Smash, smash burger. I've had that good. in Vegas. Yeah, smash burger's good. Um, what else? Um, have you done Shake Shack? Shake Shack. Shake Shack's bee's knees. Too, yeah. Bee's knees, yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. So I, I, I like to fancy myself as a Vegas guy because I play in the World Series of Poker all the time. Okay, awesome. All right, playing the main, I play in the main event a bunch of times, so I'll spend like weeks on end out there, which I know people think super weird if you're not living there. Where do you stay? I'll stay at the Palazzo because okay. I play in the Venetian Poker Room. Okay, That's where yeah, I'll play. Yeah. And so I went to a, a sushi place off the Strip, maybe about a mile west of the Strip, and Antonio Esfandiari, I don't know if you know who he is, poker guy. Okay. And he goes, what are you doing here? Only the locals know about this place. And it's called Kabuto. And I'm curious if you're hip to this place. I've heard I'm of trying it. To give my, I'm trying to give my Vegas credibility you to you right I, now. I, I, I've actually heard of the place. I've never been. Sick. Uh, yeah, that's what Sick. I heard. I heard. Everybody I mean, for keeps real. telling me you got to go. Yeah. Because go. it's like, we'll go to Nobu. Right. You know, a St. Louis guy. There aren't well, a lot of Nobu. Like, it's just like Michael's. Like, nobody really knows about Michael's. But... 
You know, I've, we've been to Michaels. We've been to Michaels. So you, it's hard to get in, though. Even for, even for, you know, I, I swear. I, you know, you play these cards only when you need to. Right, right, right. There, there, there's a few. There's a few you gotta hold back. <laughs> That's an official recommendation for you, Kabuto. Okay, I got you. So we were. I was emailing with the. Well, I guess I was emailing with you, and then email. I think if you wanted to do it, whenever you're done playing, whenever this is years from now, if you wanted to get into the broadcasting game, even I'm not even talking about play by play. I think you would kill it. I really. I th- if you wanted to now, you know, you make all this money. It's a different ball game, but some guys are just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in my late 30s. I've made all the money I need to make, and you could kill it. Personality, sense of humor, the whole thing. I think you could kill it. Is that something that you are interested in? Um, yeah, the interest is there for sure. The interest is there for sure. Um, to what capacity? I don't know. I don't know. Um, right now, you know, you just focus on around here and, 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 and playing as long as you can out here. Yeah. Hopefully it's the late 30s. Yeah, 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 that's right. So if you were picturing it, would you be like, ah, I would do a post-game show or I'd do like my own show? Or, um, uh, I don't know. You know, I'm a, I like to joke around. So I, I think I, I know. you know, like the TNT. That they, Isn't they that the best show going? That, Isn't that the best they show? They do that for baseball. Wouldn't that be though? the best? That would be awesome. I, I feel like now people are trying to like do the like same the thing. And, yeah, yes. The Shaq and, the Shaq and, Kenny and Charles and, yeah, and Kenny. Yeah, that'd be Ernie's awesome. the perfect point guy yeah, and let awesome. you guys just screw off. Yeah, a bunch of dudes like that. That would be awesome. That's the best. But you got to find the right guys. And, you know, because I've been on the show. I've been on the show. Oh, have you been on the show? Yeah, yeah. They, when they came to Vegas, I've been on the show with them. So it, it, we had a good time. We had a good time. And it's like they're not even, it's like probably the director goes, listen, we got to go to a commercial break. You know, otherwise right. they're just in there screwing off, which yeah, is the best. Sure. That's Yeah, and, they, and you know, the only ones that go to the, the meetings are um, are um, Ernie and Kenny. And Shaq, <laughs> Shaq, Shaq and Charles do their thing. Charles is all organic, which is awesome. That's you know, the best. That's, that's, that's when you get the best content. Exactly. I'm exactly. telling you, scripted stuff is absolutely no good. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Dexter Fowler here on the Tim McKernan Show. It's real simple. Without our sponsors, we have no podcast, so support our sponsors. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is our guest presenting sponsor. And Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies is somebody I don't hesitate to recommend to our audience all day long. I can't recommend Mark Hanna enough. Mark Hanna reminded me that last year the government passed a tax law that lowered taxes for most people to some of the lowest we've ever seen. But the W-2s and 1099s are coming in, so think about how much of what we make goes to paying taxes. Taxes are already one of the biggest expenses that most people ever pay. Do you ever think about what might happen if they go up? This is a great time to look ahead to the future and come up with a strategy. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies helps everyday people every day get their finances organized. Call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503. Or go online to evergreenstl.com. It's Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, our guest presenting sponsor here on the Tim McKernan Show. And our longtime sponsor from the get-go. Tip your cap for seeing the future when he did. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Here's a guy who was, I don't want to say just an advertiser, because my God, we value just any advertiser, of course. But because he was an advertiser and I had something pop up where my insurance guy wasn't available, and I reached out to James, and then he completed it and did it so thoroughly that I'm like, why wouldn't I be doing more with James Carlton? And and then I'm like, I got to make the switch. I mean, this is about my family here, and that's my priority. And I switched to James Carlton, and the difference is, it truly is, it's so cliche to say night and day, I got to come up with something different. 
but it really is from never really hearing from my previous place. And it's not like they were like, you know, bad. It's just James is that good. And it matters, man. It just, it just absolutely matters. When you're talking about your biggest investments, when you're talking about your family, you're talking about life insurance, you're talking about your home, car, uh, business, it matters. 314-961-4800 is his number. 314-961-4800 is the number. Or check him out online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and arm, call James Carlton State Farm. Now, back to my conversation with Dexter Fowler. So family down here, the whole family down here? No, so my wife and, and, and daughter, they came down, they saw me down here, and then they it's almost like they, they left me here. <laughs> so I'm a little lonely down here, and then uh, I'm the, they're coming back on the 14th. All right. And the 19th. So the, the whole, the, the baby, so how old is the baby now? The baby's seven months. I was going to guess seven months. Seven nice, months, I'm yeah. on this stuff. Yeah, that would have been a great guess. Thank you very much. I wish I would have done it. It would have given me credibility, because right now you're like, you're just saying that. But I really was going to say seven months. I did the math. I didn't know if you were reading my list. <laughs> I would have been like, uh, It's all poker tales, man. Right? It's all right? poker tales. Right? So I have one uh, who's 18 months. How much has it changed the game to go from one to two? Because I see the videos you post, and it seems like your daughter, four years old? Yeah, uh, five. She ah, see, five, that, yeah. I lost my credibility on yeah, that. because I didn't start it, though. I didn't start saying. <laughs> right. That's how I get it. Right? But she's always performing. Seems like she's full uh, of energy. Uh, yeah, she's she's five going on 40. Really? I mean, the girl's going to be in show business. Actually. It seems like it's inevitable already. You can tell. It has to be. She yeah. has to do something like that. My wife and I talk about it all the time. We we we're big karaokeers at the house. That's we, what I we, see. Yeah, yeah. We do, we do that every night, and she she's she gets it from me. She's a, she's a microphone hog. She's a microphone hog for sure. You'll be sitting there watching a show, and all of a sudden she breaks out the microphone and just starts performing. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Either that or she's on the runway and they're doing a fashion show, and <laughs> and, and and you you never know what you're gonna get from her. Now here's here's a guess, and I'm not trying to out you, but I don't think I'm going to do this. I'll play golf out in in what I think because I'll see pictures, and I'm like, this looks like around the area okay. that I think Dexter's in. Do you live? This is so I'm not going to name it on here. Do you live near Greg Maddox? Do yes, live, I do. I do. We live right. in the same neighborhood. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Now is that credibility? Even though it's kind of creepy, it might it be creepy. creepy. Yeah, it's a little, <laughs> little stalkerish. You know what I mean? Like. Babe, babe, if you're listening, we gotta move. We gotta move. Some right. weird little dude in St. Louis knows where we live in Vegas. Some weird little dude. Well, I play golf at that particular place. That's awesome. And I'll be like, yeah. And then I think Edmund's like, yeah, Maddox lives right. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So there yeah. you go. So, so you Maddox like, outed me. Yes, it was Maddox. He's okay. a he's the narc. Okay. So um, do you play? You play a good amount, right? Yeah, I play. I, I try What's to the handicap? Uh, do you even track it? I, I don't. I, I don't play enough. I don't yeah. play enough. You know, during the season, I don't play at all. So I, I get all I get all that out in the off season and and now yeah so we a ton of the guys have been playing too but you and played it, uh, this week right yeah but it's weird like every team that I've been on they've had a golf tournament there's no golf tournament here really we have to we have to do a spring training golf tournament yeah, it's especially where you are and I mean there's every, sick courses everywhere everybody plays everybody wants to play every day yeah and I don't know how we haven't put one together who's the best player on the team uh Wayno that's what I thought yeah. Wayno Ringwright's had that belt for like a long time around here well, now Mulder know. was in here and Mulder's but, pretty sick but but uh I think Bud and Wayno Oh, it was even when Bud was here? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Bud's really good. Bud played in that, like, Diamond Resorts yeah, thing a couple yeah, weeks good. ago. Yeah. Favorite course in this area? Favorite course in this area? Um, Bears Club. I was, I was, I, yeah. Yeah, I really Club was going to go with that. And I was going to guess, yeah, because of what's on your chest, Jumpman. Yeah, Joe Michael's there. Have you yeah. played with him? I haven't. Yeah. I mean, we were supposed to, we, 
Clabe says he played with him yesterday, but I never know what Clabe's is saying is real. And what's <laughs> we were actually supposed to play uh, last year. At Bears Club sick. with him? He was sick. Oh, that's yeah. a bad beat. Yeah, and then um, we were supposed to play the year before that when uh, one of the Jordan reps was down here. But you got to bring some cash to those games with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants to play 36. He's not playing 18. He's playing 36. Oh, my yeah, word. Yeah, so you're in it for the long haul. You're in it for a long haul. And he plays fast, too. Oh, he oh I know. That's everybody's become one of the own, issues over there. Everybody's on their own card. Uh, yeah. So now he's, uh, I heard he's building his own. That's what I hear tell. Yeah. Yes. Up a uh, Hope Soundway. Yeah, yeah. And I said I heard it's uh, the front nine is a two in the shape of a two, and the back nine's a three. Is so that play, right? Is there. that right, man? That's some good stuff yeah. right there. That's yeah. some really good stuff. Well, with the, with this uh, this deal here in St. Louis, here's where I'm coming from. This is one of the reasons why I always wanted to interview. I feel like, and you tell me, tell them wrong, because again, it's all about reads, right? I felt like you're pretty good at it. So yeah, thank uh, your you. poker game might be nice. Thank you, like, sir. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I got like, some intuition. Like service <laughs> or something? I got weird intuition. Right? I was like, this is great that the Cardinals signed Dexter Fowler. Some personality to a team that didn't necessarily have a whole lot of personality. All due respect, of course. And fired up to have you get here. If I'm not mistaken, you were hanging out or meeting or talking with Ozzy and Willie, some great guys, part of some legendary teams in the 80s, like what I grew up on. I, I watched the first base pit. I didn't watch home. I wanted to see Vince Coleman pull that elbow right, and yeah. watch. That's what I lived for. Right. I was number 51, of course. Uh, okay. I mean, this is what I live for. And then, like, you do an interview, kind of a harmless interview, and you, you, be, you say an honest statement about what's going on with the situation and how it impacts your family. Right. And then there's a wing of the Cardinal fan base goes, oh, he doesn't like President Trump. And then immediately some BS causes BS. And I feel like now, unfortunately, a good guy with great personality kind of goes, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm just going to kind of focus on. Step back. Yeah, yes. You know, sometimes you got to take a step back. You just and I hated that. I hated that. I hated seeing that. I hated it for you and I hated it for the organization because I think Mazalak wanted to bring you in here in part for some personality and some energy and, and then kind of like man now I'm going to say something I'm going to get in trouble and now some fans are going to hate me and it sucks right yeah it, it, that, you know that obviously that that ship has sailed but uh, at the end of the day I'm going to be myself and you know it, you, you, I'm, I'm organic in everything I do and everything I say so you know it comes from the heart and you know I don't mean I don't want to offend anybody but you know, it, it, people, if they don't like you, they don't like you. Right. And you but just got to roll with the punches. Yeah, I know, you know but I'm it's... I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be myself. Just, but I, at, at the same time, you still got to take a step back. I just feel like, so then so then you have a good 2017. I almost feel like that's forgotten. It's like, it's like that doesn't, like, that didn't count for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's why I, I tell everybody, I was like, oh, for real? Like, you, you remember that? Yeah, that's, I mean, it, 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 it did happen. Right? It did right? happen. Seriously. The numbers there, I've seen them. Seriously. You know, I live by these numbers. And then, but everybody says, oh, he's never been good here. Like with 2017, right. well, the, I mean, the numbers were maybe that's not good. I don't know. Those are pretty good. I think right. everybody's pretty happy right. with that. But it's like, well, then people can't admit that they were wrong. So since they took a side against you, like, well, I didn't like him because he said this. Well, I, I can can't. admit it for him. You guys are wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? 2017 yeah, was wrong. pretty right, good. Right. Pretty good for sure. So now here you are in 2019, and Cardinals are betting on you, and I'm sure you're fired. I'm, I'm sure if I. Again, it's all about reads. I'm like, man, you can't wait to get out there healthy and go, here, I can shove it up people's asses. You Again, know? is a great read right there. <laughs> great read. Like, this guy knows. I don't know if he's reading my mind, but he's really good at it. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm excited to get there and uh, and just play, man. You know, it's I, I went through a lot last year and learned from it. And, um, 
you know, I'm happy to, to have a fresh start and go out there and, and just put all that aside. Yeah. How tough was it like at home? Like, like, cause your wife will be active on social media. Like I, I just told my wife, I'm like, Oh my God, I would, if anybody ever brings you into it, that's when I'll lose it. I'll be cool. Thank you, Jim. Jim Edmonds bringing us beverages. Oh, what, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, the, the world has changed. Yeah. How about this? Right? We should be bringing him. Yeah, I'm telling you. Cardinal Hall of Famer. He's just ready to go play golf. I that's know. Exactly crazy. right. This is a way to... This is a, <laughs> I've been reading Dexter's mind, and he's kind of like, oh, yeah. this guy. This guy's got some knowledge. It's, 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 yeah. I, I know my stuff. You say you know everything. Well, I don't know if I know everything. Most, I got read. Mostly everything. <laughs> There's plenty of stuff. Right. I played in that Cardinal Fantasy Camp, and it was the most embarrassing damn thing in the world. Was it? Oh, my God. You couldn't God. read pictures. I couldn't, I couldn't read pictures. And, and as you can imagine, it's coming at all of 45 miles an hour, right. no movement. And I'm just flailing away. And then I go on the radio, and I criticize you guys who do it at, like, a level that, you know. And here's the thing about that whole deal. So, like, Ryan Franklin, Dave Veers, Isringhausen, right. guys who, if they were to get in a bat in the ninth inning. I don't want to hear Isringhausen's name. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> no, I, don't want to hear, I don't want to hear his name. That guy got me out so many times. I don't Did he really? Hear, yeah, I don't want to hear his name. What, 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 the hook came at no, you? And, oh, my God. That's what he said he was going to do to me. He said, I'm going to throw that thing at your head. You're going to bail. I know it's going to happen. It's going to come right across the strike zone. You're going to go terrible. I bail. I swung well, at Because you knew. Well, you yeah. know better. I, rec- I don't but recognize I this rotation. It. Yeah. <laughs> it ate you up. Yeah, right. It crushed me. <laughs> so these dudes, if they were to go come up in the ninth inning of a game against Major League Pitching, even like a middle reliever, whatever, doesn't matter. Right. They'd look, it'd be kind of embarrassing for them, you know? 100%. But then they come out here. And they just yell at you. (laughs) You know, this is all your fault. You stink. I'm like, really? You see this guy? This guy's getting paid to do this. Right? And then they come out here in the fantasy camp, and they're, so Dave Veers, I don't know, 53, 54 years old, Isringhausen, Ryan Franklin, they're raking in the batter's box. They're crushing it. That's because because I'm sure they have kids, and now they're, you know, they they're, they're coaching. They're coaching now, and they got to. They, they really have to get their swipe nice. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my god, I can't hit this stuff. I'm sitting over here doing the show, and their balls, Goldschmidt and Ozuna, are hitting balls that are like coming in as bombs over to the media area, and I can't get the ball out of the infield on a 45 mile an hour pitch. And yet I'm the one on the radio being critical of you guys not not doing your jobs, and it just doesn't feel like that's right. I'm telling you, I feel like it's very wrong. You know what's funny is everybody always talks, they yell and stuff, and what I want to do is. I want to take my bat and I just want to go here. You hit. Here's my glove. Here's my bat. And let me sit over here and roast you. Right? How do you, how do you think it'd play? Right? It'd be good entertainment. Right. Or, you can stand here and watch me do a radio show. I'm right. sure you won't be impressed. Right. Trust or me. Or just let me go to your job and just sit here and just talk to you while you're trying to work. The whole time. The whole time and just yell and laugh at you and, and yell at you and curse at you. And like, I hate you. Like, <laughs> are you back on Twitter? Or are you all still off? I'm off. You're off. Uh, is that, is that a permanent on, thing? I'm off, what do you got? Like yeah. a burner? Yeah. You got like, the the Katie burner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bleach your report. Right? <laughs> no, I I I I say what juice I, isn't I, worth a squeeze. No, I say what I need to say, and I just everything else I, I let it stay there. Like I I, I write, I type it, and I leave it. <laughs> That's the best way to right? handle it. So there it is, Dexter Fowler here. On the Tim McKernan Show. So, at the very end, which if you listen to the 30-plus minute preamble on uh, on the interview, uh, and God, I wonder what percentage of people did. Uh, I'm going to set it, I'm going to set the over-under at 14%. I'm going to set the over-under at 7.5 for emails complaining about the preamble. But I, but I want to make sure that I say this. In case you're not aware of it, you can always skip it. You can always skip it, and and nobody's feelings are hurt. 
I skip through preambles. I skip through. Sometimes I'm listening to a podcast and they get on a topic I have zero interest in. Um, you, you skip through, and, and nobody's feelings are hurt. It's one of the, the 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 great things about podcasting. So I understand. I I I wanted to give people the background on it. But at the very end, when I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm not recording this, uh, that is actually when I stopped recording. So I went and I reached over to hit start record because I panicked and go, oh, my God, I'm not recording this. And then I actually turned off the recording. So what what was going on there? I asked one last question, and it was um, about Mike Schilt and his smile that was existent throughout most of the interview got even uh, bigger, and he started raving about Mike Schilt. And uh, in, the, in the word, every time I talk with somebody about Mike Schilt, I mean, I'm talking about, I'm not even talking about players, but certainly it's players, it's communication. What a great communicator. What a great communicator. And just in, in general, it's just, it, I don't know, I'm trying to think. I just, I can't think of an approval rating like the one that he has at this moment. Now, again, if they start 10 and 25, it doesn't matter how great of his communication skills are. It, you know, but, but it sets a really positive tone down here and a positive tone where the players and other people associated with the organization are going out of their way to talk about how positive it is. So I'm anxious to see if it translates to the field, translates to the field. And then I said to Dexter, and this also wasn't recording because I'm a moron, uh, I said, does he remind you of anybody? And he says, yeah, he reminds me of Joe. Didn't even say Madden, but Joe. And he goes, uh, but Joe's a hippie. And he was just kind of laughing. And he goes, he's crazy, but I love him. I love them both. And uh, and that's where we wrapped up. And, and now, the truth be told, again, if you listen to the 30-some-odd minute preamble, you've heard me say it. Uh, but truth be told, if I don't have Edmund sitting there uh, wanting me to get to the golf course and if, in my mind, about 14 or 15 minutes into the interview, I don't think, uh, or I think that I've been recording, and I don't all of a sudden panic and go, oh my God, I haven't been recording, and now I'm just out of sorts, um, I think we probably go another, I, I think, now Dexter might go, there's no way we were going another 15 minutes, but I don't know. Um, but uh, I think we could have gone, and more and who knows where we would have gone because it's not like I expected to talk about like you know Kenny the Jet and Shaq and Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson you know I mean it just kind of go in, in Las Vegas eateries um, so I didn't know where we would go but I enjoyed the conversation it was good to see him happy and smiling and you know giving his perspective um, without you know kind of canned answers and also acknowledging that yeah what happened in February of 17 caused him to step back which is what I figured and by the way as I'm as I'm telling him that story and I go kind of my understanding is you know you had reached out to Ozzy and Willie and that was my understanding that he had gone to dinner with those guys and Ozzy had reached out to him um, you know and kind of had developed uh, a rapport with them and you know kind of has his you know effervescent personality and then he's talking about something that's family related it's not he's like hey gather around let me give you my take on donald trump that's not what happened uh and then he gets just hammered for it and you know and if you recall as i stated in the 30 minute preamble he then did the thing where he did a giveaway to people who were cool on twitter and then just got so bad that he got off twitter now as he acknowledges he's got a burner account but uh he's not on there 
and then his wife deleted hers, and then she popped back up. And it's a, uh, you know, uh, I really hope he has a great. First off, I'm a Cardinal fan, so I hope he has a great year. But it would be it would be a hell of a story if he does. And I think you know it goes without saying if you have. Because right now, when we're looking at the Cardinals, I think for most fans, they're going, okay, Paul Goldschmidt, great. Marcelo Zuna, free agent year. Let's see what can happen with Carpenter. Can he duplicate what he did in the second half of the season? Um, Can Wong's bat start to match what Wong's glove is? DeYoung, healthy, you know, truly healthy uh, for a full season. What would that look like? Can Molina continue to do what he does? Can Bader hit right-handed pitching? You know, what will Tyler O'Neill, Jose Martinez do in part-time roles? All of those things, in addition to a rotation that at this particular moment, as of this recording, Carlos Martinez looks like a question mark. Alex Reyes could be a positive. Uh, and then can Michaelis duplicate what he's done? Can Waka be healthy for a whole year? Um, you know, Jack Flaherty, can he emerge even more so? All of, all of these questions, who's going to close out games? All these things. If you have Dexter Fowler hit, and if Dexter Fowler does what he did in 2017, different world. So I deep teased this in the uh, preamble, and this is not, you know, Edmonds and I have a, have a report, but it's just kind of understood, even still now, I guess it's, a, it's less now, but, you know, he was, a, he was part owner of Inside STL for a period of time. He's no longer, but... Um, he was my partner, and even then, because he was still playing, it was just understood. I always felt like, anyway, it was always understood. You know, I'm still media guy. He's still player, and never the two shall mix or whatever the hell they say. And so the line was always understood. So even though we're business partners on something that's unrelated to baseball, I can't go. Hey, now that we're business partners, tell me what's really going on. It just was. So I didn't ever want to even put him in that position. Um. And so, you know, a few minutes after uh, I said to him on the driving range, I'm on tilt because I don't think I recorded the Fowler interview. Um, And he was just, oh, my God, that's a nightmare scenario. And then just kind of voluntarily, he goes, I got to tell you. And he goes, it's such a shame because he looked so engaged and was smiling throughout the interview. He goes, he is so locked in. He goes, he's asking me what drills we're going to do. Then he's asking me what drills we're going to do tomorrow because Jim's out there working with the outfielders. And he goes, he is just so committed to this year. He goes, it's cool to see. He goes, because I would be working with coaches back when I was playing. And this is kind of one of those things. You want to know what you're going to be doing the next day. And so Dexter's locked in and asking about it. And he's the first one in line for things. And listen, you know, I mean, you know, some people, it depends on your what, what motivates you. Everybody's, uh, let's see, what is the line from, uh, we used it for our 10th anniversary video on Inside STL, that rearview mirror, Pearl Jam, uh, Eddie Vedder. I gather speed from you fucking with me. Uh, some people are motivated by that. Some people are motivated by money. Some people just, you, you're just not going to motivate them and they're just naturally talented. Some people aren't talented and not motivated and it's probably not going to work out for them. Uh, and so in Fowler's case, he's got the money, but it, it, I'm really anxious to see what he does because this guy is so locked in, as you heard him say, well, I said it and he said that's another good read. He wants to shove it up people's asses who have been going after him. That's his thing. That's his thing. And so he's got an edge. You know, Jack Flaherty at this point in his career, uh, at the major league level, for the most part, I mean, he's well above where you would expect he would be at this point, at this age. 
Uh, but he's got an edge. And you kind of like it when you got guys with edges. What about Albert Pujols, for those of you listening to this uh, and have been listening to the entire thing? Remember Albert Pujols? It was like clockwork. If somebody wrote something uh, about him, like maybe losing it a bit, or, um, for example, Game 2 of the 2011 World Series and in a World Series that had, like, incredible game or incredible storyline after incredible storyline. And I think he, like, cut off a ball to home that wound up being the go-ahead run for the Rangers in Game 2 of the 2011 World Series. Something happened. Whatever. And people are like, wow, was Albert Pools not really paying attention? What does he do in Game 3? It's three home runs. There's just some people who are, who are programmed that way. You know, David Freeze, he isn't programmed by, like, taking shots motivating him, but he's programmed that he's just cool under pressure. Golfers, some of these guys you look at with incredible talent, and then they're in the mix on the weekends at majors, and then they just fold up. There's something to it. So, Fowler is motivated by the hell that he experienced and some of the crap that he and his wife took in 2018, And so 2019 is now the time to show people. And so from that standpoint, in a a year full of all kinds of storylines from a bunch of dudes who are only under contract for the year, from young pitching staff, a bunch of guys who could possibly emerge to be a foundation for some years to come, uh, Yadier Molina in the second to last year of his contract and what will wind up happening with him. I mean, take your pick. It's like they're everywhere from Mike Schilt's first year um, is John Mazalak under some form of pressure? All these things, you got another one with, with hell, and it, you don't even have to wait to April for it. Well, the Cardinals start, season starts at the end of March, but you, you don't even have to wait. It's spring training. It, spring training matters to Dexter Fowler. So, you know, when he said to Derek Gould something along the lines of, you know, I don't view I'm playing for my job, I'm playing for me, and that, that quote, I'm sure that, like, tilted a bunch of Cardinal fans who don't think highly of Fowler as it is, but what he meant, and you can kind of hear it in this interview, is he's got his own motivation. His motivation is to do it to show himself. And if he does that, then everything's going to take care of himself. So hearing from Edmonds, and I had no idea. And it's not like I said to Jim, hey, man, can you tell me how Dexter's doing in drills? Didn't even cross my mind. It only came up because we happened to be out there, and I was you know, so mad at myself about thinking I didn't record the interview um, that, you know, that he, he brought up that, man, he's just, He's in such a good place with the way he's handling things this spring. So, I don't know. You can't help but pull for him. I mean, and, and listen, hey, I wanted to see the Cardinals sign Bryce Harper. Part of that was to end the their cheap narrative. Um, and then also because it'd be thrilling to see Bryce Harper. But if he's going for $10 million or 10 years and 300 some odd million dollars, I'm not there. Uh, and by the time you hear this, I would imagine that will have been settled. But who knows? As I am recording this, it has not been. So there it all is. Uh, my God, it's probably like a 90-minute podcast at this point with like a 16-minute interview. But I went on and on and on and on and on. As always, you never have to listen to it all. But I, uh, I wanted to give the context on it. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll talk with Dexter at the end of spring training and see where things, see where things are. Uh, for him as he enters the regular season. And ideally, from the Cardinals' standpoint, he kills it, and now you've got the option of whether you want to, you know, on certain days put take your pick of O'Neal or Fowler in center uh, when you want to give Bader a day off, especially against right-handed pitching, you know, that it gives the Cardinals some options, that Marcelo Zuna's arm is capable 
uh, of being used as a throwing arm in left field. All these things. Uh, obviously, the team's only better with Dexter Fowler, and a happy Dexter Fowler and a motivated Dexter Fowler is what I see at this moment here at Cardinal Spring Training. If you listen to this all, I tip my cap. I personally was interested in it, but who, when they're talking, is not interested in what they're saying? You, I don't know. But either way, like I said, I like to provide context, and here's all of your context. And as always, thank you to the sponsors who make it possible, because I love doing the interviews, and I love seeing the podcast numbers grow. Uh, So every Sunday night, we release a new interview. Uh, I know that I've already sat down with Alex Reyes, so that one is coming. As I said, I'm hoping to get some golfers who live in the area. I'm hoping to get uh, Matt Carpenter, Yadier Molina, Mike Schilt. I know that I'll have Mazalak on. Well, at least I expect to have Mazalak on, kind of as a wrap-up of spring training at the end of spring training. So all these things. Um, and very grateful for the people who make it possible. Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert.com, uh, sponsor of our studios. Mark Hanna. Sponsor our guests. He's with Evergreen Wealth Strategies at evergreenstl.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. And then also Mike Judy of MikeJudyPresents.com. Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet at Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth exit. Online at Landoff.com. It's where we get our cars. We recommend you get your cars in PGA National Resort. Oh, if you've never been to Cardinal Spring Training. Brendan Schaefer, for example. You might know him uh, from KFNS. Uh, he was a board operator for Frank Cusimano, and he writes on KMOV.com. And he came up to me at Roger Dean Stadium a couple days ago, and he goes, I get why you come down here now. And he goes, this is this is unreal. It It's just you become detached from reality. And, uh, you know, like I'm watching the Blues and Leafs game and thinking, man, what a great atmosphere. It's so cool. People are probably going to want to go out and celebrate. And then I'm going on tour. It's like icy conditions in St. Louis, accidents everywhere. You just get out of Get out of that weather. You're coming down. I'm looking outside right now. I would imagine it's 85 degrees. People are around the start of baseball. Optimism's high at every camp, minus the one that's adjacent to the Cardinals, the, the Marlins. And and people are just in a good place. Come down to PGA National Resort. They're online at PGAResort.com. Uh, if you're going to be bringing your uh, significant interested in golf, and uh, she is of the female variety, well, you have the spa right there. You have all kinds of restaurants uh, on the property. Uh, you're only, I would say, seven minutes, depending on what lights you hit, from Roger Dean Stadium. Uh, if you want to do a boys' trip and you go down and play golf, you have five golf courses at PGA National. The Honda Classic is every uh, February slash March. Um, Justin Thomas won it last year. Ricky Fowler the year before. Adam Scott the year before. So you have incredible fields. It's just the move. It really is. It's online at PGA resort.com pga national resort a fine sponsor of this podcast as well thank you to gangster pete uh thank you to our sponsors uh design air heating and cooling online at designairservice.com seth goldcamp and his family have been doing it since 1904 and thank you to dexter fowler for sitting down with me here on the Tim McKernan Show. As always, thank you to the listeners. Please subscribe, spread the word, and you're welcome to send feedback or questions. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Looking forward to bringing you interviews from Cardinal Spring Training and perhaps some golfers as well here on the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.